am from Arkansas, and my dad was a coal miner. That kind of makes me a coal miner's daughter. That makes so much sense now. All Talk of them had that. She had some fringe bangs. Yeah, those were good. But that would be your role. Like, if we had a band, I think, like, you'd be the pretty one the, playing the tambourine. The tambourine because and like, you have to have sing. a lot of talent to slap that thing on your wrist Absolutely. or leg. See, we're just, like, talking all... <laughs> I'm so excited I because I loved, loved, loved this movie. I cannot... I felt humbled to actually get to talk with them. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know that you were this cool. Thanks for talking with me. I feel like a peon. Yeah, you are. Hello, friends, family, and relatives. Welcome to Unfiltered with Greg and Taylor. Hey, Taylor, did you get a little choked on Chambuca or something you're drinking, some Shut organic up. thing that you were sipping on, some hot tea? I was just trying to change it up. Leave mm. me alone. Trying to be creative instead of like, hey guys, Taylor and Greg. Hey guys, Taylor and Greg. A hey little everybody. hiccup with your voice, yeah. Hey y'all. Well, I know Leave it's ha- that cold season. Okay, so my, my voice is a sip. little craggy. It's a little craggy. I've been yelling at my children too much, apparently, or something. I don't know. Or maybe it's just because it's been cold. We finally had like a cold snap. It went from like 75 degrees to like 40 degrees, and my body's just not having it. Well, you've got to take all that echinacea and all those different little herbal remedies that you do. Remedies? Bre- break out the cauldron. <laughs> we did that last week oh, remember, for our pagan holidays. Oh. Well, so what anyway, is what's going, going on, on what's new? with you? Don't make fun of my voice. I sound like I'm going through puberty. Well, no, I'm excited about this week. We had talked about it last week and we compiled a couple of questions just randomly because that's all they are is random. So uh, <laughs> just people wanted to know a couple of things about random shit. So we are going <laughs> about to... Us. No, about Which I us. I love that. And, that's something that I, I hope we get to do more of in the future because it I don't know, it makes our podcast more personal like when we are answering questions from our listeners, which we love that. So keep the questions coming. Yeah. Well, let's start off with one that I think would be an easy one for me, but um, I think... Uh, who is this? Uh, Ashley, and she is writing... What was the hardest part of doing the TV show Million Dollar Shopper for you guys? Ooh, being with Greg every day. Just kidding. That is not (laughs) true. No, that's actually my favorite part was just being with you. But anyway, go ahead. Well, for me, I think what most people didn't realize, and we I don't know if we've touched base on this or any of the other interviews probably, but, you know, we were the only people on that show that actually were a duo so everybody else was single stylists from puff daddy stylists to different other people um but we got the gig and when we were doing it sometimes they wouldn't allow for us to like talk to one another during filming which was really hard because even though we know each other too well i mean that was kind of the foil in their plan it's like i we didn't even have to actually communicate because we knew already what we were thinking, but we couldn't come up with a solution to it because we yeah. could talk about it, but we already knew what was going down in front of us. But, you know, that was a really odd time, especially when it was like a competitive thing or we had different people that were coming in that were challenging us and they wanted to separate us just to see what our own reactions would be. But, um, we made it work and I think it seemed seamless, but at the time it kind of got a little bit of a mind game for me, but that was the hardest thing for me. 
Yeah, I, I, I would second that. I, I would say like when they would put us, they, they would call it putting us on ice. Like you guys are on ice. If you're on ice, no one can speak. No one can make a sound, can't look at each other, nothing. They wanted everything to be like as raw and natural as possible when we would, you know, when the cameras would start rolling. So that was really hard. It was trying to be quiet because it wasn't like five or 10 minutes, like sometimes five hours. I've just being in total silence so that was the other thing that was hard is when there would be production delays and we would be sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting because you kind of start to like lose your mojo after a while it's hard to like have the same amount of energy you know at the end of the day versus the beginning of the day yeah and then i mean we didn't film every single day i mean out of the week's time i think maybe we filmed three three days maybe because they were filming so many other people also but those days became really long and some night they went into like two in the morning and you had to look fresh which we didn't and you had to (laughs) act spontaneous and oftentimes they would separate the two of us so it still seemed fresh yeah and and that was difficult to be in somebody else's home in a bedroom and taylor was in the kitchen and you know no one was telling you anything until it was time to to get going so anyway yeah they would have they would make us turn our phones off so we couldn't even text each other yeah it was a little little crazy but i think um i think we navigated it well and i think that it delivered what um the weinstein company wanted at the time so anyway i also think sometimes the shopping because the requests were sometimes so bizarre and then other times so specific the shopping got to be really challenging especially like when credit cards for certain people didn't work and we'd have to put on our own credit card like are we ever going to see this money again (laughs) no yeah that was all because that's not how we gosh do i remember business. like we were stuck was it at bloomingdale's for hours i thought we were i thought we were going to be trapped in bloomingdale's the rest of our life because this one client's credit card would not work <laughs> and we were trying to figure out how to bring like thousands and thousands of dollars of merchandise home with us like i don't want to put on my card do you want to put on your card? like no i don't want to put on my card like yeah. maybe the production company will put on their card and nobody wanted to put it on their card yeah that was a cluster but there was there were a lot of those kind of moments, but yeah, there were a lot, yeah, a lot of clusters. But I think that uh, I think that was a common thread throughout all of the other stylists. Unfortunately, we really, you know, that was the sad part about the show in general is that I think it would have been great had we all known each other a little bit better. And most of the only time that we got to meet them was at a press junket, and so that yeah. was not. Um, not as fun as it could have been, but I think that, um, I think they all enjoyed most of it and, um, would have been nice to have had a, a longer press junket with, with those people. It really would have, that, that would have actually been a lot of fun, and but it would have probably been more helpful. But anyway, uh, that was a great question. Thank you, Ashley, for that one or Amy. I think it was, Amy. it was Ashley. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just not that organized. Ashley. Ashley. Anyways, um, what was another question? Do you have one? I do have another one. So what are winter trends in clothing and shoes where I can go buy on less, on a less expensive budget? That's a great question um, because not everyone has a million dollar shopper budget like me. I do not have that budget 
like I would like to have sometimes. So I really, I mean, you guys kind of know this about me, but I love to shop high low. Um, one great place if, if you're wanting to have the high end look and not spend a fortune is Zara. Zara is always completely on trend. You know, they're kind of like, the makers of fast fashion, but everything's an approachable price and really on trend and decent quality. Like I still have Zara stuff from like 10 years ago that actually still looks good and is held up and is decent quality. So I always like have Zara as my go-to in my back pocket. If I'm needing something quick and inexpensive that will keep me on trend. And also I like shopping real, real. If there's like some amazing designer piece that I've been wanting, I've kind of, been holding off to get and then i see it on real real i'll shop i'll snap it up on real real to get a good deal on a designer piece well what would you say some of the trends are for people that are looking for something for winter biker boots biker boots are making a big resurgence this year which i love a biker boot i have a pair of chanel biker boots they're still like one of my absolute favorites i feel like they never really go away they're just coming back like in a big way this fall and also the shrunken trench um Haley bieber was seen in la wearing a trench like as a shirt with like teeny tiny shorts so a shrunken trench if you can get away with that look is very cute and also a trend in hair maybe you should touch on this but the bob is making a big comeback and braids braids have been seen on the runway well I what are you saying? Definitely, um, no, as far as hairstyles, definitely. I think the bob is another comeback, um, but it's always kind of been there, but it just takes a different variation. I think this year, though, it's, it's kind of more classic. It's not like one of those lobs or whatever the hell they yeah. create, but I think it went a little bit more literal back to the original format in which bob was. But as far as like shoes and stuff, I think, I mean, I still love a platform. I still love a good driving loafer. I think just classic shoes like that are always on trend. Um, if you can buy, you know, if you don't have the money to spend as far as like shoes to get a lot of them, I think we've just been fortunate that we've acquired through the years and a lot of it we've kept. But I think some of the things that we've kept have been like an Hermes driving shoe or a J.P. Todd shoe or a designer that you know that they do that year after year. It just depends on their fabrication or maybe they use exotics this season or maybe they don't. And I think that that's a good way to like spread your money out. You know, I think that oftentimes it is a big it's a big purchase for me if I've got to drop 800 to eleven hundred dollars on a pair of shoes but if you look at it as like five-year investment then you know why not splurge a little bit or tell your husband or wife or girlfriend that you that you want this and that that's going to mean something so you know i think just buying those staple pieces whether it be a bag or a belt or a shoe and and i think some of the trends which i find is really interesting looking at like town and country right now and some of the other yeah. magazines I love is where, this is where i would lend myself to trends not necessarily what's running down the fast the like the catwalk because sometimes that's very um fantasy it's, it's not approachable it's, it's not approachable and I, I feel like oftentimes, even though I think those are extreme looks, I think that when you do wear something that's looking like it came straight off the runway, you look like you're wearing a costume. And I, and I oftentimes feel that way too, whenever I try to interpret those, but I like a good costume, but I wouldn't rec 
I wouldn't like recommend people to go that route. I would think just disassemble what they're showing and interpret it in your own way. And I think then you'll be able to have your own little stamp on fashion. But I, I think Steve Madden does a good copy of a lot of shoes too. I mean, I don't have any of that, but I know oftentimes Aldo, Aldi or Aldo. Or uh, Sam Sam Edelman, Edelman, Uh something like that. Like he does some good Gucci knockoffs that look really great. A TJ Maxx or a, what is that other one? DSW Warehouse. I mean, they all have like off, maybe last season shoes, but I think that's as a consumer, you just have to educate yourself on what is on trend. And then when you go to these stores, then it helps you edit really quickly because it's so overwhelming when you're in stores that have just an abundance of stuff to really like zone in. And I, and I would dare people to look at what the actual material of the shoe is or what the top is. So you're not, buying something that maybe might fall apart if you're putting a couple hundred bucks on it. But if you're doing straight trend, like you said, go with Zara, go with something that's just classically there. You can get rid of it next season. You can keep it for a little bit longer, but I think you're going to stand to be completely on trend if you go with those stores that do fast fashion. So, but that was a great question. I think that was fun. I also think like for fall going into winter, you can never go wrong with a big oversized jacket, a big coat. I think it can be pulled together so chic. I mean, you could be wearing pajamas underneath your coat and no one would know. You put on an incredible coat with a big scarf and you look done. Whether you put on with some cool sneakers or you do a riding style boot, a motorcycle boot, flats, heels, a big jacket oh, can and go I was a long way. Too. It can I- look really really glamorous or totally played down yeah because i mean going to the ballet in it or if you're going to the supermarket you can really play up a big coat so i'm a big fan of a big oversized coat with a big scarf looks very chic and it's very on trend for fall and winter you know what also i found i mean not we're overdoing this comment but i think it's a good one but um the question but I found, and when I was looking at town and country, that they're showing all that kind of vintage jewelry that's like something your grandmother would have had, you know? Yeah. That, like almost dynasty jewelry, but a little yeah. less large and a little bit more like the rubies and the, you know, even if it's like fake gems or like cut glass, but that kind of jewelry for some reason is really caught on right now, which I find interesting going into kind of a recessiony time to yeah. show that kind of jewelry which isn't normal but I think that that's really fun to dip into like your mom's older jewelry or your grandmother's jewelry and ask to borrow a few pieces and that's a way to stay on trend just because it's like haven't w- seen that or worn it in such a long time but I think that those are clever ways to stay stay on point with your friends and everything so anyways um, that was a good one let's move on to another Another question. Do you want me to read a question from my list or you want to look at your list? Uh, I'll read one real quick. What is your favorite movie or TV show? I don't watch TV. Okay. I have no time. Good answer. Sorry. Good answer. I, like, it's like Hollywood. Sweet. What is that to. family feud? Good I, I will answer. Say, Good I answer. will say when I was when I was getting to watch TV, I loved Outlander. Um, I love like historical pieces. I love the fashion from. I, I love to learn about history from like a fashion perspective. So I think the fashion is very interesting. And Outlander that she went from like you know with the 1940s back into 
you know, the war between Scotland and England. So Outlander is a good one to watch if anyone hasn't been into it. But I would love to watch TV again one day. (laughs) Well, I do watch a lot of TV. And like I said, everyone knows I love Selling Sunset right now. But as far as like movies and stuff, I really... I love a good period movie, but I just so do I. I, I just tend I to like it's an escape from what is today, and I think totally. that it's fun to have a little bit of education behind it. Especially, I love French history and and British history, and even you know they're all so intertwined over there. The the princess of this is originally from Austria, and so they're all connected. But I think just there's nothing more sexy than having that little bit of knowledge as far as what was from the past and then and applying it to today's conversation and and I think you can't learn enough from some of those good old Marie Antoinette movies and things yeah. like that so I just love a good period movie so I agree I that's what I think what, usually if I watch something it's some type of period because I even enjoy the crown a lot I thought the crown oh, was yeah, really it was great, great. I mean, I've watched all the seasons of The Crown, but there hasn't been a new one on. So that's the last time I watched TV is when the last episode of The Crown was on. Well, what okay, I have one okay. um, for me. The question is, I've been married four years and my husband wants children, but I'm still on the fence. We are both 32. Any advice, Taylor, on making the plunge for kids? Ooh, okay, that's a deep one. That one's hard. Um my advice would be you're, you're never going to be ready as prepared or unprepared as you think you are. Nothing can prepare you for parenthood. Uh, Eric and I were married 11 years before we had our daughter. So we thought we had all of this time to be prepped, planned, prepared, and we totally weren't. But at the same time, it's, it's a, a love that you can't explain until you have your first child. It's just like next level. And the connection that you have with your husband is next level when you have a child. Um, but I also think like as the woman, you have to feel it like in your gut, like, okay, I'm ready for this, but you're never going to be ready. Does that make sense? No, whoever's no. listening. Um, so yeah, when you feel it, go for it. I remember when Eric said to me, he's like, I think I want to have kids. And I was like, Oh, you do because we hadn't talked about it like at all really and then all of a sudden like okay i do too so it was just kind of that moment that we were like i think it's time that we want to become parents and it was just kind of magical and wonderful and really 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 scary um but i'm all for becoming a parent and i don't think there's one way to do it right and one way to do it wrong you just have to go with your gut and know that you're going to be okay and when we had our fourth that was completely unexpected i was completely terrified to death like how or how on earth are we going to do four kids we have no family we have no one around and my mom gave me some really great advice and she said there's always room for a baby you're going to be okay and that just gave me so much peace so when you have a baby you know everything's going to be okay and it's going to be the hardest most challenging scariest most wonderful thing that you could ever do so there's my advice well that's good advice you know i love questions like this honestly because i think it really is i mean we can talk about ourselves and and all the uh glamour and craziness that we've ever done in the fashion but i think that this is like this is real this is somebody's decision in their life and from a hairdresser to a stylist my i always look at questions like this like okay well i we don't know enough about this girl but 
is is her marriage solid you know that's another question that you have to ask yeah. yourself and i think that yes having a child is is a, an important decision and i don't think it needs to go into that lightly but i also i think most people sometimes sometimes women from what i've heard from my own behind the chair you know i think a lot of women end up having children um to salvage a marriage yeah so absolutely it never ho- works i would it never works that some i would hope that this young lady is really evaluating you know where their journey's been how long they've been together prior to marriage now that they're married for four years is their marriage solid um what kind of upbringing look at your husband's relationship with with their own with his family you know what i'm saying you can tell a lot about a man how he treats his own family and yeah. i'm not saying that 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 is like the answer because sometimes you're just dealt a fucked up hand of parents <laughs> but it's all in how you handle that and i think that you'll see more um how your own husband will become or evolve into being a parent through that you know i think it's oftentimes we just forget that you are married to this one man, but you're also married to his family and how he treats them and how he treats your family is a direct relation on how that probably is going to pan out for you when you do have children. So anyways, that's just my little two cents. No, that's actually, I mean, that's really great advice. It's true. You know, like how supportive is your husband going to be? I just read a statistic. It said that the number one predictor of what's going to make a great mother is if she has a great partner, someone who supports her. It's not all the resources, not the finances. It's none of that. It's not how many parenting books you've read, getting into the best, you know, preschool, whatever. It's none of those things. It's do you have a supportive partner who's going to be there to help take care of you? So if you have a husband, a partner who is there willing to support you and to be there for you, then that's a great indicator if you're going to be a great mom so it's not all on you girl it's not all on you as much as it feels like it and also 32 is a great age i had blair at 33 i think i got pregnant at 32 had her at 33 it's a great age i did not want to be in my 20s personally i did not want to be in my 20s having kids because i just had too much at the time that i wanted to do so being in your early 30s it's great you're at a great age so get busy and have a baby there's my two well, listen, we're going to wrap up one more question, which is, no, it's um, basically, <laughs> this is from Sarah in Iowa, which I love. The, is that the Midwest? I think it's the Midwest. Yeah. So um, she's just asking if we're ever going to be back on TV again. So I love that. And yes, we will be back on. It may not be, you know, I always think that you, you can manifest things that you want. And I think that if you, um, put the energy towards anything, whether it be children, like our last question, or whether it be, um, financial goals or other, if you put it out there and you believe in it, I think it'll happen. And I do believe that that will happen for me. It may not, and for Taylor. And I think it just may not be exactly what we thought it was going to be originally. Which, you know, we both evolved through the years and we're, and so has social media and so has yeah. television and so has the streaming networks. And I think that we are. And YouTube and very all of the open, new media outlets. Open to that. And I know that um, the only way it's going to happen is if we have a technical support system that can do all these things for us that <laughs> we don't have to deal with. But, uh, but I am excited that that is something I think in the near future that will happen. So thank you all for your questions and 
And yes, we would love to be back on TV again. So we're hoping that's something that's coming soon. Yeah. That's definitely our goal. All right, Taylor, that was a fun week. I mean, I'm yeah, going to do I this again this in the fun. near future. I mean, I think that was all of our viewers. That was all the questions that they had. <laughs> With minus your wheat channeling, whatever, grain um, shut up. building thing. Yeah, nobody cared. Nobody cared about that. They didn't ask. Apparently. No one, uh, no one is interested in my bread making. Maybe next week. All right, maybe, well, listen, maybe. Taylor. I'm going to let you go, and we will talk to you next week. Au revoir, tout à l'heure, à bientôt, ciao. Oh, Lord, okay. <laughs>